Hey everyone, welcome back to the GM Hockey Podcast after a long uh, holiday break. Uh, it's Andy here with Tony. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. How about you? Not bad. And we figured with the season being half over, now would be a good time to start talking about grading the Hawks players this far through the season and kind of our early picks for the NHL awards. Obviously, things will change uh, if somebody gets hurt now that we have in our awards. They're not going to win, but for the most part, we uh, I, I feel confident with a lot of my picks. I, th- I don't think I went too crazy off the board, uh, but we could get started with the Hawks. Um, if you want to, I think we're going to go alphabetically down the list, correct? Yeah, let's do that. That's the probably the easiest way to, way to do this because um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of negative grades. So let's just go alphabetically. Yeah, <laughs> I, just so everyone knows, we're we're doing. Uh, a through F, it's kind of traditionally what most people do. Um, so, yeah, Tony, get us started with, uh, God, I don't know who is alphabetically first. It's Drake Kajula, which is, he's a guy that it's tough to grade him. With the injury. Being a fact, yeah, mm-hmm. he's only played a, a few games here. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's only played this season 17 games. Um, but for what he brings to the table, C+. Plus. For me, like he does, he's fine. He's a good fourth line guy who can play up on your first line if you want some grit on your first line. He's got that capability. But for what he's done so far this season and the concussions and all that, all that stuff he's had to deal with so far, I'd give him a C plus. Um, so I gave him a B, and uh, I'll explain that. I try. I've tried to kind of look at his his uh, impact on the team. So when he went down, that's when the Hawks started really kind of floundering a little bit. I thought, um, obviously, his injury was so long; they've been streaky on and off. But it seems right when he got hurt, they kind of fell apart a little bit around that time. Um, I think I think he's a good third liner actually, uh, but he can move up and down your lineup. He could be on the first line. He could be on the fourth line. Uh, he's physical. He could chip in offensively. I think he's everything you want from a role player. Um, I I'd love for him to stick around and not be hurt uh, a, a year for a while. Um, and have to keep in mind we got him also for Brandon Manning, which might be a little biased. I I hated that signing from day one. I hated everything about it. And then when we traded. For Kajul, I think I just kind of have a biased opinion to like him, but yeah, I think he I think he brings a lot to the table uh, that you're not going to see on the score sheet. So I gave him a B. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, let's move on to the next guy down the list, and that's Ryan Carpenter. Andy, uh, I want. Let's rotate. Andy, you can go first this time. Okay, this is. <laughs> I promise, I rated some players poorly. I gave Ryan Carpenter a B plus. Uh, really? I think he has been our second best signing in the off season. I think he, for what he brings, he's not going to get goals, although he, he's got a fair amount of points for a guy who plays seven, eight minutes a game. He kills penalties. He's, he's moving up and down the lineup, whether he should or not, that's the whole nother thing. But I think for what he brings, his value to this team is, a lot. And I, I'm kind of graining him on, you know, expectation. I expected Ryan Carpenter to be the 13th forward. I thought this, you know, three years, a million a year, that's a bad signing. I think he could 
be a bottom six player on this team all three years and make an impact. I think he kills penalties well. He's physical. Um, when he's on the ice, he he's pretty stable uh, in all three zones. So, yeah, for what he is, that's a B plus. Okay. I was going to give him – I was actually going to give him a C- because I thought he was brought in. He's brought in to win face-offs. That was part of his his repertoire, I guess. Um, he's only clicking at a 45.12% on his face on his win percentage there, which um, is fine. I I can see where you're coming from on the on the B plus. I can, uh, but I thought he would be um, a little bit better in the face off circle and um, maybe a little bit better. Uh, the PK really suffered at the beginning of the year. They've kind of. I think been great there, as of late. I think there's a coaching problem there. I don't think the team was clicking with the system. I think Ryan Carpenter, I, I would argue the second best signing. Uh, so not like counting guys like DeHaan. Second best signing, probably third best player we acquired after DeHaan and obviously Leonard. But we'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, if – if we're looking at him to win faceoffs, he's obviously not performing that job. I just think he's doing more than expected. Right. Well, let's move on to the next guy, and that is rookie Kirby Doc. Okay. Um, I have him at a B minus, and let me explain why it's a B minus. Is that when he's played in the top line with consistently with guys? He's actually played pretty well. Um, his points aren't there. Mm-hmm. I, it sucks for him because he's usually the bulk of the season. He is playing with like Ryan Carpenter and Zach Smith. And you can't expect a guy who's been used to his whole entire career playing um, top six minutes to and have, getting, having, getting used to creating offense and whatnot to be playing with guys that aren't necessarily at his skill level. Now the games that he's played with, like Patrick Kane and and Taves and the skilled guys in this lineup, albeit has been few and far between, he hasn't generated enough for me. But overall, I like the, his game. I like how he's been trying new things. I like his confidence out on the ice. Um, for a center, I mean, his faceoff percentage is absolutely horrendous. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, 34%. But like he he's again, he's got to learn. He's 18 for what I expect out of him. I expect a little bit more to be honest, but that's why I'm giving him a B minus, but that's what I give Kirby Doc. So, I if it wasn't an 18-year-old kid, he would be getting much harsher critique from me. Um I'm giving him a C. Uh I'd okay. love to give him a C minus, but again, he's 18. And everything you said is true. He's playing on the fourth line for most of the season. Uh, his faceoffs are bad, but he's also a beanpole. I don't think he's an NHL-ready player. I think um, I think he should have went to the World Juniors. I don't know if you send him back to juniors in general, though. I, It's such a weird place where you can't send him to the AHL unless it's like a right. conditioning stint, which... He, I thought when he was there, that was a good place for him skill wise. I think he's, he's either underutilized or over. He's like out of his skills, like out of his skill range. Um, right. 
the reason I didn't give him a B because now I'm saying like, you know, he's growing, blah, blah. But the reason I didn't give him a B is because in the last, I believe it's 22 games, he has one goal and no assists. He has played with Kane and, uh, not Kane, uh, Debrinkit and Strom or Debrinkit or some combination of those two uh, when Strom wasn't hurt for the last five or six games. Uh, I I consider that unacceptable. Um, right. He he shows glimpses. I think a huge problem of his is that he's outclassed. He he gets the puck in the offensive zone and he makes one too many moves. Or right. he gets hit and knocked off the puck easily. And that's part of being young. Yeah, strength is a big, a big issue with him. And also huge his, issue. And also his I don't know, I don't want to call it overconfidence with the puck. Maybe he's 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 struggling with his confidence and he's trying to do too much. I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's always played above, like he's better than his skill or is better than his competition. Now he's not as good as his competition. I don't know how he's handling it. Right. Um, I don't know. I gave him a C because I could see why it'd be a B minus. I could see why it'd be a C minus. I'll just give him a flight C. Right. Yeah. The, uh, let's move on to the next guy. Um, in interest of time, and that is Alex Debrinket. Oh boy, <laughs> um, me first. You want to go first? Yeah, go for oh, it. Oh no, I, I wasn't sure. I'll go first though because I brought it up. Uh, he's a C minus, plain and simple. Uh, disappointment, disappointment yeah. all year. I agree. Um, I, I mean, I can't give him a D because he has brought offense occasionally. Um, he's still on his rookie contract, which kind of helps me mentally get through it. Uh, he's only 22, 21, 22. He's, he's, I can't say anything other than I'm just disappointed. Uh, he was my favorite forward, probably my favorite player on this team coming into the year. And it's just been very frustrating to watch him play. So there, there isn't much else to add. I don't think many other people would argue with that. That's just what it is. Yeah, I agree. He in his last five games, he's got one goal to assist. Um, so, but he's also a minus. It's plus one, minus one, minus two, three. He's a minus four in his last four games or five games, um, which isn't great. Uh, he's only shooting at an eight point five percent click right now. Last year was eighteen point six. I his, you gotta think his, he's he's gonna on average shoot around fourteen percent. He he's known to be a sniper, so I'm you're hoping that this is just a an off year. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say delayed sophomore slump is the way I kind of characterize it as. Um, you know, uh, and he's still on pace for twenty five goals, twenty five, maybe even thirty if he picks it up, which. I isn't he's terrible. On, I think he's on pace for 20 goals and uh, 60 points or something. Which you hear 60 yeah. points and you're like, yeah, it's solid, but... <sighs> for a guy that you're expected to carry your offense and be right up there with Patrick Kane in the goal categories... At least that's... in the goal category. Yeah. I, I expect him to put up 35 or after the last yeah. few years. And maybe, you know, you never know. He's still young where that could have been a fluke. You hope not. Um, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be upset with a six million dollar contract next year if he's putting up sixty points. I'll just be disappointed. Right. Um, I agree with your all that. Having said all that, I agree with the grade. Um, I agree with uh, a C minus. So, um, 
Let's move on to Matt Highmore. <laughs> There's not much to say here. Um, I give him a C. I gave him a D. You give him a D. Mm-hmm. I give him, I give him a C just because I mean, what do you expect out of a 23 year old kid who's never really I ex- done much? I expect not level. to take a spot from Dylan Sakura. <laughs> That's true, but um, That's not his fault. <clears throat> he. Uh, uh, I mean, even in Rockford this year, he only had 12 points, four goals, eight assists, 12 points. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean that's he's a- not, he's not a guy like let his best career year was, uh, um, with Rockford was 43 points in 2017, 2018 with 24 goals. Uh, he spent a lot of last year injured. And so far this year, I get, he's kind of regressed again. So it's one of those things. It's like, you know, He's got his he's got his NHL goal, um, or three of them right now total in his career. I just realized he scored two goals last year, uh, or two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's one of those things where he's he's fine. He's he'd be fine on most teams. I think he gets pushed around a little bit. Um, yeah, but he's he'd be fine on most teams that actually have like you put him on, um the Tampa Bay lightning he'll he'd, he'd be, he'll okay. be fine. He's yeah, he's an, he's a below average NHL player, whatever. I, I, I gave him a D because he, I consider him below average. You gave him a C. It is what it is. He, he, you said it best. What yeah. do you expect from a, a 23 year old kid? I mean, this, he is what he is probably at this yeah. point. Um, I'd kind of, this is more so against coaching. I'd rather see a guy like secure in the lineup. Or right. better yet, if you're gonna play him on the fourth line, maybe a guy you give a guy like Hagel a shot. Um, yeah, but anybody, but yeah, it is what it is. You, yeah, you, you don't the, sleep over the Matthew Highmores of the world. Right. Moving on, David Kampf. Um, for him, I actually I give him a B yeah. for his overall play. Um, I think he's a good good fourth line guy. Or good, no, I'm sorry, excuse me, good third line guy. Um, he can play third line, um, yeah. but like he, he, six goals, seven assists, thirteen points for a guy who's twenty five. He, he's got some size to him. Uh, doesn't take a lot of penalties. Just kind of a he's your. He would be your Marcus Kruger mm-hmm. if he was if the Hawks were actually a good team. Yeah. Um. So he he's better. Marcus Kruger. Yeah. He might be better. So, I gave him a B he's minus. Winning 50, 52% of his faceoffs he's winning. So, yeah. I mean, he's fine. He's a, he's, yeah, he's, he's good. He's fine. I, what do you give him? I gave him a B minus slash C plus. Uh, yeah. I mean, kills penalties, solid. Uh, I think he's a solid fourth line guy. He's, you know, he's an average third liner. Uh, I don't think that's the right spot for him, but yeah, I don't think he's disappointed by any means being there. He's, he's kind of, just a he's just sort of a there guy uh kills penalties right. well i mean i guess i guess because the team isn't as good he's not getting the the excitement that marcus kruger got as like this defensive fourth line center uh i still think he is a better player than marcus kruger um but if the hawks were better you'd probably see more excitement around him he is just a there he's there yeah. And he's a good he's there kind of guy. Bottom six role player could be replaced. Uh maybe. I don't see anyone in the system who's ready yet to 
to play that role. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy he's on the team. He's cool. Yeah. Moving on, Patrick Kane. <laughs> a. A plus. Yeah, it's like the, the kid's got 50. The kid, he's older than me. Um, he's got <laughs> 57 points, and he's been playing the last how many games? Five games. It's garbage line mates. Oh, and. God. And that's a whole other, we can talk about that for 20 minutes in the podcast. So let's not get into that. The, the fact that he's playing with Ryan Carpenter and who cares? Kneelander, yeah. Sakura, yeah. whoever like, they brought his line. Why are you, why, <laughs> why, why is he not playing on a line with Taves and Kubalik? I have no idea, but Hey, that's just me. Um, and when they put them together, they're, they're in the offensive zone the whole time. It's like, what you yeah. Doing? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But hey, what do I know? I'm just uh, a guy that watches hockey. Um, well, I gave him an A plus, and I think I wanna I wanna say why I gave him the plus. Um, his defensive game has been pretty solid. I've been kind of focusing on him a little more in the defensive zone. Um, you know, I, I, when he first came to the league, everyone said he sucks defensively. He sucks defensively. Over the last couple of years, I've always said. You know, he's not a guy I trust in the defensive zone, but he's not bad. This year, I see him back-checking. I see him lifting sticks and stealing pucks. Like, I don't want to say like Hosa, but kind of like Hosa used to do. Right. Um, he's in the right spot. He's he's helping out down low if he needs to. Um, he's not perfect. Uh, I, I think one of his biggest problems is when the puck comes to the point, he doesn't get there quick enough. Um, maybe it's cause he doesn't want to block a shot. I don't know, but his defensive game has improved this year more than it has any other year. Uh, so I gave him the plus. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I can, I can see that. I was just saying a, just as uh, you can't go anything lower than an a with him. <laughs> no, he's incredible. Um, 57 points on a team where the next closest guy is what? 35. Yeah. That's Taves. And, oh. um, Moving on, Dominic Kubalik. We just mentioned him. Um, I, I went first last time, so why don't you go first this time? Um, I gave him a B plus. I don't want to get too too excited about his recent uh, four game five goal streak he's got going, but overall he's been pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I mean he's leading rookies in goals. Part of that is because of his little goal streak right now, but. It can't be overstated how solid he is in all three zones. Uh, you know, he's not a penalty killer, but he's not he's not bad in his own zone. Uh, he's got a shot. I wish he put it on net a little more consistently. Uh, he he makes good he makes smart plays with the puck. Uh, you don't see him turning it over too much, which uh, you know, again, I gave Kane the A plus. Kane sometimes, possibly because of his line mates. Uh, throws the puck away a little bit. You don't see that from Kubalik in the offensive zone. Um, He's just a solid player. And part of that could be the maturation process. He's a 23-year-old rookie versus a guy like Doc, who's 18, Nylander, who's 21. Uh, He's just a little more developed. He played with men. Uh, I think that really helped him. So, yeah, he's he's been, uh, I don't want to say a surprise because we kind of saw us coming out in the World Championship uh, tournament last year, but definitely a solid showing in his first NHL season. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that grade. Um, I think that he's a guy that can be, 
you know, he's 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 up for a contract renewal, which is scary. But um, and it's also scary with a couple others coming up. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, I'd love to see him uh, resign here, but it's just a matter of can they afford him. Um, he's also if they can't afford him, I mean, he's an RFA, so he's not going to walk for nothing. So you can always trade him in the off season for something. Or at the draft for a pick or something, if you I, can't I come to agreement, I just got to keep him. You're rebuilding. He's so. young. He's skilled. Um, he he's in the talk for the uh, the Calder. Now I don't. I have a shirt. We'll get to the picks later, but I have like a slam dunk pick. I think everyone has a slam dunk pick for the the Calder this year. But just to be in that conversation, you you can't get rid of him. Uh, you got to move a guy like Sod. You got to find a way to get Shaw off the books to keep a guy like him. Right. Yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, there's some movement that can happen this year that I think I want to bring up a little later in the podcast, but, uh, yeah, we'll get to that uh, after this and then the awards and then we'll talk about just, you know, quick little minute about that. Yeah. So let's go. Uh, next guy is Alex Nylander F for me. Wait, Nylander's next. Yeah. After Kuba League? Yeah. And Are we doing forwards? Line. Forwards only then? Yeah, forwards only then defensive. Because Boqua, I... Boy, am I dumb. You gave him an F? Um, I gave him a, I gave him a D. Should have went lower. Everything that, everything that Buffalo fans said on social media the day that they traded for him is true. I, His, I, he, I hold he doesn't... <laughs> I mean, so do I, but I mean, this kid's done in the NHL if he doesn't figure it out and if he doesn't figure it out soon, because there's been multiple games where he's been sat just due to lack of effort. Like there's no effort at all. And, um, that can't happen when you're a, how old is he? 21, 22. 21. 21 year old. Yeah. That can't happen when you're a kid that can be sent down. Um, I, I look at, I feel like, like he's on the cusp of that too, to be honest, being sent down. Yeah, think? I really do. I think cause he's been benched over other guys on the team that. If they're going to bench Nylander. Okay. This brings up an interesting point. Cause we're both real low on him. So, I mean, we're going to all say the same things. So this is kind of an interesting point. Uh, I gave him a D first off. I'll say why I gave him a D. Uh, yeah. He's been sat. He's looked like, he's looked like, are we swearing in this podcast? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's looked like shit uh, for long stretches, but then he'll look good. And when he looks good, he looks real good. So I gave him a D. He's got the skill. I, I don't know if it's an IQ thing, if it's an effort thing. I don't know. But that's interesting that you say sent down. Who can, right. can't replace him with a Secura or a Highmore? Who do you call? Do you give Kurashev a shot? Do you like? Could Hagel bring that yeah. offense? I got a, I got a lot of. That's a very interesting thing to bring up, and maybe you send him down for like five games to really send a message. And if that doesn't work, you got to look to something else. But that's interesting. Right. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't want to lose hope on him. We gave up high, uh, high uh, Haru, who uh, I still think is overrated by Chicago fans. But you got to make this guy work then to make this an even trade. So right, yeah, yeah, you do. Like, um, 
because man, um, I I had high hopes for Nylander. So I, did I. I think I th- he showed signs in Buffalo that he could be good, and I think he got dicked around by management last year. Uh, he was an NHL ready player, and they sent him down, and that that fucked with him. Yeah, I don't. Now I don't know anymore. Let's move right. on before I get frustrated. <laughs> All right, let's let's. We're already at twenty four minutes here, so let's try, try to pick up the slack here. The next couple of guys, I feel like, should be pretty easy because they're out with injuries right now. Brandon Sod, I gave him a B. Solid, yeah, same here. Solid B um, for what he he's probably was the most consistent forward of the black on the, on this team until not, he went down with an injury. Not named Patrick Kane, he was the most True. Uh, consistently offensively, probably the most consistent defensively. Uh, he's getting chances, looks every game. I wish he had he finished better. Uh, he's on pace for over twenty goals. Uh, right. I thought a, a real bounce back here. Yeah, and I think he's uh, when he comes back from injury. I'm real curious to see his name has been floating a lot in trade rumors recently, and I think that he's the kind of he's the guy that if he comes back and plays well for his first four or five games, he might be out when the he door. comes back. He might be out the door because that's six million off the off the uh, well, off the old salary well, cap. It won't, Andrew, it won't be the, with with Saad just to bring up one of the teams linked is Pittsburgh. They're trying to move Galchenyuk. I don't want that yeah. one for one. No, but, uh, but we'll see what happens. All right, right. Uh, Andrew Shaw. Um, I gave him a D. Yeah, for what he's expected to bring, I agree with that. the The D was just. He was supposed to come in and kind of replicate what he did the year before, and he hasn't. So, and the, the rumors swirling around about him, and, how bad and, this concussion is, and how you know he might be a guy that he might just help us by retiring. You don't wish that on yeah. somebody. I know he's had a bad year, and a lot of people look at that like, oh, well, get rid of him. It will help the Hawks. And yeah, that's true, but you never wish that on a guy. No, it's it's one of those things where I just worry about. You know, you see, like he's got a he's got a CTE. second kid on the way. Yeah, he's CTE got a wife. Is a, a CTE family. is a real thing, and like if you pay attention to Sports Center or whatnot, Antonio Brown just live streamed him himself yelling at police and his daughter's mother as he kicked him out of their house or something, and he Instagram live streamed that today. It's, so. It's, CTE is a real thing, and you got to start thinking about your long term. He's he's 27, 28. Yeah, like 28. I mean, and he's already had like three, four or five NHL concussions. Yeah. So three, three I could remember in the last three years. So, yeah, I mean, put him on TV. Him, Burrish and Sharp would be a riot. Right. Moving on. Dylan Sakura. See. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See. Again, finally scored. Yay. Now what? It took you 49 <laughs> NHL games to do it, but. Um, Another 49 for a second. Let's go. Right. Yeah, he's got three points this year. Yeah. He's fine. He, Zach well, Smith, I give him an F. I gave Again, him a D. Like, you're too nice. Um, for a guy that's getting paid $3.25 million a year for the next two years after this one. Is Gotta it get that long? No. Yep. Th- are you sure? No, it is. We, why did we get rid of Anisimov then? Um, I think no I idea. think it's one year left. Oh, I'm sorry. One more. He's got this year and next year. 
So, which but, I think that cuts off a million off a million and a half or something off Anisimov and one year. Yeah. Oh man, you scared me because I was like, then why did we do this trade? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't. He he's he's been okay. bad. Dylan, yeah, Dylan Strom. Um, before he went down with his injury, um, he was okay. I gave him a B minus. Expect more. I gave but, him a, I gave him a C minus. I expected a lot more. I expected him and uh, Debrinket to put to have you know real good years. Um, neither have. Right. I, I mean, I, and I I really like the Strom trade. Uh, I th- I again, I I just don't. Th- Part of this all could be the system they're running and the weird line combinations they're getting, and like Kane on a third line with uh, Carpenter and Sakura, and then there's a point where Strom was on the fourth line. Like, right? It's, I, I, it's a mess. With all these with all these NHL coaches that have been fired recently, I'd really like for the Blackhawks to fire Jeremy Colleton and to bring in a real NHL coach. Yeah, but that's just me. Um, like literally anybody. <laughs> anybody peter DeBoer, peter lavillette bring him on bring him behind the blackhawks bench please for the love of god let's run real systems <laughs> um so next guy jonathan taves c plus i gave him a d did you really yeah i sure Jeez. did i think his defense he's been coasting in the defensive zone he's known to be a good defensive player look like crap there uh his offensive numbers are embarrassing uh, he's supposed to be the leader of this team, and I look more to a guy like Kane or Keith to who are leading this team. Uh, I don't see it from Taves. I thought, you know, last year was a good bounce back. This year looks worse than he has ever. Really? I, I'm, okay. I'm 100% on board. He's played a lot better the past few. Like yeah, maybe getting points. Past 20, 25 games. Maybe so, getting uh, points. Watch him in his own zone. He floats uh, up high. He's... He, he's not as engaged in his own end, and that's a big part of his game. If he's not doing right. that and the points aren't there, what is he worth? True. Moving on, defenseman. Oh, boy. Adam oh. Bolquist. Okay, so before we do this, I am either like much higher than the consensus or probably much lower than the consensus. Okay. So Bolquist, I gave a B. Uh, impressed for as a rookie. Uh, defense is usually a position that takes a little longer to mature into. Um, Keith has raved about him. He seems to, he doesn't seem as bad in the defensive end as advertised. And he really makes things happen offensively again, 19 year old kid. He's not going to like set the world afire. Um, but wow. Uh, he should have made the team out of camp. Yeah. hundred percent should have made the team out of camp. I agree with that grade. Um, love the fact that they have him quarterback in the power play over Gustafson now. Hundred oh, percent. Um, yes, he definitely deserves that. Um, and I just I, I love that our secondary power play though, with the guys that are out is just. We had John dark. Quinville on it. I know it's terrible. We didn't talk um, about him. He played nine games. He also gets like a D. But go on. Right, he's not on the team anymore. So just forget <laughs> him. Him. Uh, just fuck him. Um, <laughs> Calvin DeHaan. Okay. Um, you go. A minus. Okay. Ooh, you uh, it's <laughs> the the A minus, I think, uh, with who he was playing with, 
for a bulk of the season, which was Eric Gustafson. Um, he's actually a plus 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's our best overall defenseman so far this season. Uh, he was this, the steady guy that kind of held that blue line together, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my grade. Uh, so I gave Dehan a B plus. Uh, I agree with everything you said, other than uh, him being the best defenseman. I'll say he's the most consistent. I'll go over why I don't think he's been the best per se. Um, but yeah, uh, great in his own zone. You know what you're getting every night. Solid block shots. Um, doesn't really contribute too much offensively. Don't expect him to. I, I think great pickup. We gave up nothing to get him. Great addition to blue line. Him getting hurt is probably going to cost us. Uh, if we if we're going to make a push for the playoffs, not having him is going to cost. Oh, 100 percent. The uh, so next is Dennis Gilbert. Go for <laughs> it. Uh boy. Here's my first bad grade. I give him a D. Uh, a lot of people are enamored because he could fight. That's great. Uh, his numbers are awful. Um. I think he looks lost in his own zone, coughs up the puck a lot. Uh, and that's just from watching it. I remember what one of the analysts, God, I forgot who it was, that he posted that his advanced stats are near identical to Manning's. Oh, God. Uh, and, and I and I see it. He's he. I don't think he brings much more to the table than his physicality. And that enamored me at first. I'm like, ooh, great. We have somebody who could who could be a little rough in our own zone, be physical. Uh, he didn't look bad his first couple games, but man, I'm so glad he's sitting right now. He's been awful. Yeah, I, he's so bad. I agree with that grade and pretty much everything that you've uh, you've said so far. Uh, moving on to Eric Gustafson, <laughs> my favorite. Um, for him, I'm giving him an F because he should. For as bad as he is in his defensive zone, at least last year, he kind of supplanted that a little bit with his offensive production. And he put up a couple goals. And this year, he's gotten no offensive production. He had 60 points last year in 79 games. He's at 45 games this year. He's at 18 points. So he's on pace for 20 or I'm sorry, 38, 39 points this year for, and he'll be in minus 10 or something by the end of the year. And that's not, that's not good enough from a guy. Um, he's a guy that you could see be that maybe the Hawks kind of nudge a team and say change of sceneries might help him. And maybe you, he's maybe awful. you can pull off a third or second round pick for him. Um, but you could have been. I've, you probably could have got a first for him last year if you traded him at the deadline. Then, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone on this earth doesn't know what I was going to give David Gustafson. I, Eric Gustafson. Sorry, no one. Everyone on this planet knows I hate him. He is my least favorite player on the team. I think he's a dumpster fire defensively. I think his offensive numbers are inflated because he plays on a power play with one of the best players in the world. Um, yeah, he's an F. Yeah. There's nothing short of an F. We should have traded him last year. I don't think he should have even been on the team, but uh, look at that. He put up 60 points. You think I'd be eating crow, but no. I said it was a fluke then, right. and I, he's proven me right. He's terrible. I, 
And he also falls down anytime he's got an on-man That's rush true. on him. All next, right, next, Duncan Keith. <laughs> um, for him, I'm going to give him a B. I gave him a yeah, B, I too. Think, uh, I think since his injury, he's come back rejuvenated. I think he is the best defenseman still. I know a lot. I know this is like hugely controversial with a lot of people because they just are ready to shit on Keith any moment. But I think they don't know shit. Um, he... He isn't a Norris defenseman anymore. Great. He's fine in his own zone. He's fine in the offensive zone. He's fine in the neutral zone. He moves the puck well. He makes smart plays that people don't notice. He's he's not fast anymore. Great. He's not slow either. Um, I, I have a lot of animosity to people just ready to shit on Keith because as a defenseman, like you make one mistake and everyone's ready to jump on you. And I know that from playing, but I'm telling you you lose keith this team is a wreck he is still the best defenseman when he's on his game when he's off his game he's still probably the best defenseman but you know dahan is also very good as well we've already sung his right all right moving on slater cuckoo i agree with everything you said moving on yeah i assume slater Slater cuckoo Cuckoo, Uh, i give him a not available because he shouldn't be on the team um he, he didn't know that was an option i would have done the same he shouldn't be on the team this guy is a dude that literally um i would take in a heart i don't know understand what the thought process was and putting (laughs) to get rid of over him but i mean that was the dumbest thing that they've done roster wise and they've done a lot of dumb things roster wise so far this season that bowman's done this season. <laughs> uh, Bowman doesn't have control over who plays with who, but um, yeah. But overall, you know, he's it, it, it is it is what it is. With Seder Cuckoo. Moving on to Oli Mata. Um, oh, I get I game a I game a D. Uh, I agree with everything you said, except him and Dahlstrom should have been on waivers, and they should have just gave the spot to Pubquist. Moving yeah, on, Oli Mata. Oh, uh, uh, also a, a D. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's plain and simple. You know what uh, I found out today? This is, I'll just bring it up now, now that we can. Yeah. If you buy out his contract, Olimata's mm-hmm. contract, his contract is not buyout proof. It's not, a lot of these guys will have, you know, contracts that have um, salary, you know, like, because you're, you're buying out the salary, you're not buying out the, the signing bonuses. Yeah. And Mata's contract, a lot of it is signing bonuses. So if you buy it out, fun fact, it only counts sixty-eight, uh, $680,000 against the cap. Oh. So he is. How many years? Four years. Four oh. years, but you're only losing sixty-eight, six hundred eighty thousand. 680000 Could you imagine if we just kept Kahoot? Right. Cahoon and Kubalik. Right. I think that'd be a real fun dynamic. I also think they they knew each other, or was it Kubalik and Camp? Or all three right. of them? Yeah. I don't know. They, they were all friends at some point, or they played on teams together. Who cares? We gave we gave up Cahoon for Mata. He's slow. He sucks. He he brings very little offense, and he's so slow that he can't really make up. The difference in his defensive play. There you right. go. He sucks. Uh, moving on. Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Connor Murphy. 
Ah, uh, I like Murphy. <laughs> He's a B. Uh, underappreciated. Uh, good, good defensively. Strong player. He's not flashy, so there's not much to say. He's not offensive, so he can't like. It's the problem with the Hawks D's. They don't have a lot of offensive threats. Right. But some of these guys are real good defensively, or not, or Murphy's not real good defensively. He's sufficient. Like a guy like Don. he's a he's sufficient. He's a, he's a B. Um, you know he, when he's hurt, another guy when he's hurt, you right. feel it. Uh, he eats minutes. Yeah, he eats minutes. He's a good yeah. second penalty kill guy. Um, he can play the power play. Good second pair. Yeah, guy. he can play the power play yeah, if you I absolutely mean, need him to. Um, I. I God, if we did, that'd be right. Even worse. But I think he's the guy that you can also chop up as he's a he's a trade piece this season. Um, oh, 100 percent. So, uh, and I like how he's playing for that too. Because, uh, man, if I'm a team looking to to uh, push for a cup for a few years, it's a solid right. piece. Twenty five year old kid, uh, strong defensively. That's not everyone's looking for like these big offensive threats. Connor Murphy's gonna keep pucks out of your right. Net. He's the guy that you. would if you're like a team like the Colorado Avalanche that might need uh, a little bit more since a lot of the guys that they have offense are a little bit more offensive minded, minded. you might want to fill your, now the Hawks are never going to trade Connor Murphy to the Colorado Avalanche. That's never going to happen. But the, um, depends on the true Byron for Connor Murphy. Um, (laughs) um, boy, we've seen, you know, you, we laugh, but we saw Forsberg for, that's true. Um, so, if teams really, really want to win now, they'll do anything. Colorado would be stupid to do that trade, but they won't. We know, we know deep down. But there's, there is some pieces there I would take. Uh, a new hook, for example, I'd, I'd be good with that. I wanted the Hawks to draft them uh, until we got the third overall yeah, right. pick. Um, um, who do we got left? Seabrook. F. Yeah, Seabrook. On. You know what? I feel bad. Uh, the only thing I want to say about Seabrook is that I do feel bad. Because after all those injuries came out, man, I feel bad um, that he's been playing through all that shit for the last few years. And that, yeah. that's when I, that's when I think he's an idiot for letting pride get over uh, pride the, over I, just the I, longevity of his NHL career. I have a problem with it because he has off seasons to fix it. We had two long off seasons back to back, really three if you count the first round sweep. No, I, I don't feel bad for him. He made a big mistake. Retire, get, you know, be a be a brass member. Um, at least we'll remember you for all the good right. years. But man, if you keep play, if you keep playing, those, those bad years are going to outnumber the right. good years. He's not. Think of it this way: two hip surgeries and soldier, shoulder surgery. You think he's coming back ready for NHL hockey? I don't. No, probably not. Um, all right, goalie time. Goalie time. Corey Crawford. I mean, the, yeah, I agree. Solid Leonard A plus. Yeah, Leonard's A plus. Leonard scares me with the with his comments saying that he's not gonna take a not gonna take a hometown. And I mean, would you? No, I wouldn't either. And there's teams out there that desperately need the Colorado Avalanche, for instance, would the Chicago Blackhawks, for instance. But like the Colorado Avalanche would probably be able to give him plenty of money. this off season because they don't have anybody really up. Here's my, here's my problem though, is paying a goalie a crazy amount. Never. No, it never does. Ask the New York Rangers, the Montreal Canadians, 
soon to be Florida yeah, Panthers. Like this is you you tie up your a bulk of your uh team and so I think Leonard if he's a good trade option, man. Um he really is trade I'd, for the Hawks. I'd hate to move him. I'd hate But to if move you get him. a really good return though, dude. If you get a good return, I, I still think he tests free agency. I still think you got a shot. You got Crawford as a backup option. Right. And Crawford's not gonna be I, I really game. like He's not. No, I like I like Lankinen. Uh I think there's some other young options out there. I don't know. Oh man, I'd hate to get rid of him. I mean, we gave, we both gave Crawford a B. I think we both have the same reason. Yeah. When he's bad, he's bad, but he's usually pretty damn. Yeah, good. yeah. And like the the guys on for Colorado, like um they have twenty four million dollars uh, in projected cap space next year. Just looking up just to uh, with, yeah, but they got they got to be smart about it. You're gonna have to pay Makar a lot. You're gonna have to pay Rantanen. Makar's only signed to a, a two year. He's only got another year left because he uh, he burned yeah, it. You gotta for the playoff in the playoff. I mean, McKinnon McKinnon's making six. That ain't gonna last. When that contract's up, he's gonna cost you. I mean, he's got um, four more, three more years after this year, though. That's not much. Landis Scoggs over much. has got one year left. Gerard, uh, I mean, Byram is going to come in next year. Zariah's resigned oh, already. Man. Samuel's Gerard. Oh, he's, think, he's oh got, is he the one who signed seven years for four he's something? $5 million a year. Um, so, and then okay. you have the guys that they have to resign is Nikita Zadorov. Uh, He's good, but he won't to make Mark uh, uh, Barbalo, Barbio, Barbio, Barbio. Barbio. Yeah, I know yeah. you're talking about uh, He's yeah. um, he'll probably be replaced by Byram next year, and then Ryan yeah, precisely, and then Ryan Graves. So, so he's pretty solid too, yeah. but he's not going to demand that much. Um, yeah, I mean, this all starts with Leonard, uh, Colorado. I don't know. I think they're going to ride Grubauer. I wonder what a team like Vancouver would do. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of teams looking for goalies. That's where our, our, our benefit's going to lie is we need a goalie now. Uh, we're going to have $11 million come off the books from goalies right. alone. Uh, would he stay for seven? Seven for five years? I don't know. I don't want to go like too long, but he's still pretty young for a right. goalie. Oh no, we can move on though from here. Uh, it's it's hard to speculate what you're going to do with a guy like right. that. You can move on to right, let's talk uh, NHL awards. I mean, this I think we're going to agree on a lot of these. I think um, unlike most years, uh, there's a few guys that I think just jumped ahead in pretty much every category. Uh, we may disagree on the heart. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, everything else I think is pretty straightforward. Start with the Rocket. Who do you think uh, scores the most goals this year? Uh, Pasternak, clearly. I got Pasternak too. I got guys, but you know Matthews catching up. He's got thirty-one. Uh, Ovechkin, I think, is gonna. You know, he's not. He's not where he usually is, but he just scored. I saw on my phone flash. He just scored today. Uh, I think he. You know, he always has a good second half, especially when he takes his All Star break. <laughs> Uh, McKinnon too. Um, shocked he's up there. 
A uh, guy like Kane also up there. I don't think he's going to make a push. I think he's 10 goals down. Uh, hasn't scored in a little bit, but he's another guy you could watch to maybe break that top five. Um, yeah, we all. I'm pretty sure we agree on Pasternak. Let's do Art Ross. All right, you can go ahead. <laughs> McDavid. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you got you got Drysaddle right there. Uh, it's gonna be one of those two, McKinnon. Uh, I got a guy like Huberdeau breaking the top five though. He's on fire lately, and uh, pretty solid player. Yeah. Um, took him a little bit to maturate, but man, now that now that he has the last like three four years have been pretty damn right. good. Uh, Who's your heart? Here's probably where we disagree. My heart trophy? I was going to give it to Nathan McKinnon. Oh, God, we agree. Uh, and I gave it to Nathan McKinnon because he's the most valuable to the team. A guy like McDavid has Dreisaitl. A guy like Pasternak has uh, Ber- uh, Bergeron and Marchand. McKinnon is the cog that keeps the wheel spinning in Colorado. Rantanen goes down. Landeskog goes down. Bacar goes down. McKinnon still plays like McKinnon. Yeah, he still plays well, and he keeps that team afloat. He kept that team single-handedly in the top three in the Central Division. Uh, well, all the- with all those guys out, all those all goalie was- If the All Star game, if the All Star game was done right, all those guys would be yeah. All Stars, and they're all out. And McKinnon kept that team yep. going. Also, I mean, you said you said Grubauer was out. I mean. Props to the kids. I mean, they're not kids. They're actually older than – one of them was older than Group Hour. Uh, keeping that team afloat, though, I mean, they played very well too. Yeah. So 100%. good on them. Uh, Ted Lindsay. Okay. Who you give the Ted Lindsay to? Uh, Ted Lindsay. Let me look up. That's that's the MVP by the players. Oh. And that's not MVP of the team. MVP by the players is how it's oh, okay. defined. Um, that's that's me, McDavid. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. the NHL players, all they do is they go <laughs> online, they look up who was the guy that had the most points, and they give it to them. Oh no! You know, you know what they do? They're like, they go to what player made me look the stupidest this year? Um, stupidest isn't even a word, right? Which player made me look like the biggest idiot? Uh, it's always McDavid. Did you see what he did to uh, Riley? Yeah. Morgan Riley, he made him look stupid. Every goal I feel McKinnon uh, McDavid scores is a highlight. Right. By the way, I, side note: Morgan Riley out for eight weeks, ankle injury. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, big loss to Toronto, who just got smoked yesterday. Yeah. It was fun to watch. Um, uh, Calder, I I gotta think we're on the same page with the Calder. Yeah, it's gonna be Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Uh, uh, Quinn Hughes though having a great year. Kubalik having a great year. Olafson, boy, you talk about slow maturation process. 24-year-old first-round pick getting his rookie year, and he looked good. I picked him up in literally every fantasy league. <laughs> so, except for ours, I think, actually. Right. <laughs> um, Lady Bing, I didn't do. Uh, what, a, what a hard trophy to predict. Most gentlemanly player. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, GM of the year. GM of the year. Well, you know, I think it's uh, it's probably gonna be Joe Sackick. I have Joe Sackick in my honorable mention, yeah. but you know, I look at uh, Arizona and a lot of the moves they made. And they're in a playoff spot. 
I'm going to give it to uh, uh, Cheka or however uh, you say it. I'm bad with name. Yeah, I think I've said every podcast I'm bad with names. Uh, I'm going to give it to John Cheka. Uh, big move for Hall. Um, I think New Jersey did get a real good deal for him. Uh, but bit, big push. Bringing a guy like Phil Kessel. Yeah, he's not playing the best, but that's it's a big move. Um, this is a team that they've been building for a little bit now. Uh Man, they they've I feel like they've made almost all the right moves. Uh yeah, I I I give it to him, but I have Sakic uh in my runner up area. I have a guy like Doug Armstrong, uh Blues still playing consistently, Jim Benning, Vancouver in a playoff right. spot. They love they love to look at teams who've missed for a while and now they're you know, they put the pieces together, so he'll probably be in the voting somewhere. But yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, I can't really argue too much with Sackick. That's a that's a good pick. <laughs> All right, Vesna, who do you got? Uh, I have Rask. I think he's leading in all statistical categories. Um, Varlamov with a, a average Islanders team looking pretty good. Leonard, I have in there. Uh, Tristan Jerry, interesting, interesting to see if he would uh, kind of make a push in the votes in that category. But I give it to Rask. Yeah, I agree. My honorable mention with that is ironically, it's going to be is uh darcy kemper oh he's, i didn't even think he's got that. yeah two se- two on seven goals against average and a 229 or 929 save percentage um and, and you know the nhl likes a good story this is a kid who's kind of bounced around in terms of right. is he a starter is he a backup and now arizona's looking good yeah it's a good yeah pick. so i didn't even think then i think if you had a put your three top three right now. Um, it would probably be Kemper Bishop and Rask, uh, just cause they've all played the most games. Uh, Varlamov ironically might be, if he's, if his numbers improve a little bit, he can get, he can be, uh, he can be in there. Um, I think I, I have Varlamov Leonard. Um, I probably kicked Jerry out for Kemper. That's a good yeah. pick. So, um, is there anything that we're missing right now? Selkie, I gave to Barkov. Yeah, it's Barkov. Uh, uh, Norris, I gave to Carlson. I mean, I think that's a slam dunk. Yeah, it's a slam dunk, too. And then I gave – so, Jack Adams is interesting, and I didn't know where to go with this. So, I kind of have Barry Trotz. uh, He's always a favorite uh, of the league. Islanders, a team on paper that shouldn't be – anywhere near a playoff spots, uh, a playoff spot. I think Barry Trotz is a, an easy pick, but you know, they love their, uh, they love giving it to a goal, a team that struggled for a few years. That's turned it around. So Dave Tippett's an option. Rick Tockett's an option uh, in Edmonton and Arizona. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say if you had to pick one off the top of your head, where would you go with that one? Um, I don't know. It's it's such a hard thing to predict, like you said. It's it's, it's tough. You never know how the league is going to judge. Yeah. Is it a team that's consistently good, or a team that uh, is better than they should be, or a team that's just coming right? Around? Yeah, I don't know. It 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 depends. It really does. <laughs> um, well, wrap- but they love Barry yeah. Trotz, so that's my pick yeah. for that. Um, let's. We're pretty close to the end here. Um, 
do you want me to do my first and second team all-stars real quick? You can do it. I, I didn't do, do that. that so you can do that. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, first team, center McKinnon, right wing Pasternak, left wing Panarin, D Carlson, Hamilton, goalie Rask. Okay. Second team, McDavid, which means Dreisaitl is not one. Kind of sucks the season he's having. Right wing Kane, not a lot of right wings tearing it up. Uh, Patrick Kane is one of them. Uh, left wing, uh, tough to pass up on Marshawn, but I went with Huberdeau. Uh, on D, I went with Yossi, and then either one of Weber, who's having a hell of a, a year in uh, Montreal, or Makar, which would be pretty cool to have a rookie out there. And then goalie, uh, I mean, Homer pick Leonard um, could be anybody. There's a, a lot of we, – we mentioned five other goalies right. that could take yeah. that spot. So, yeah, I went with a Homer pick with Leonard, but don't expect okay. that one. Um, let's do our – our weekly standings watch, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, everybody's everybody's kind of, uh, you know, the standings are starting to make a little bit more sense as to what people predict. A little bit. bit more. There's teams that were out of the playoffs that shouldn't have been out of the playoffs who are in the playoffs. Now. Tampa Bay's coming in hot uh, where they were faltering before. Um, shocked that Pittsburgh is still as high as they are with all the injuries they have. I think that's my big surprise in the East shouldn't be based on the team, but is because of the injuries. Uh, But otherwise, I mean, Carolina matching up against uh, either Boston or uh, Washington in the first round that that's dangerous for an upset. Uh, That'd be a cool playoff matchup. Pittsburgh and Islanders would also be a good rematch. Uh, playoff series so yeah i mean the east is exactly kind of how you'd predict it the west um yeah that's a little funky to me vancouver arizona up there Mm. yeah also what a what a boring matchup for pretty much anyone not in vancouver or arizona right yeah um you know that would be calgary finally got their shit together um yeah, that um, Vegas has got a Vegas is on the cusp of getting into that top three. That's a team you expect to be better. Edmonton has no excuse at this point to be a wild card team. Um, you know, yeah, they're they're five hundred team the last ten games. They're five four and one. So, yeah, that's a team that came out hot. They have two the two top goal scorers, not two in the top five. The two top goal scorers. Uh, weird seeing Nashville out. out. Weird seeing Winnipeg. I kind of predicted because their D is rough. Yeah. Um, all three California teams. I mean, LA and Anaheim obviously were on the the downslope, but man, did San Jose disappoint! I can't wait to see what they do as sellers because you know they're going to have to start selling. Their prospect pool is barren. Yeah, they have like Merkley as their top prospect. I think I know San Jose. I know Joe Thornton doesn't want to leave San Jose, but you got to think that he's he's a guy. And you're not, and you can't move Carlson. No, but, <laughs> not with that no, contract. He, he's a guy that you got to think that if I'm Doug Gilmore, I'm going up to, uh, I'm going up to Joe and going, look, man, we're not going to get much for you. But probably nothing. <laughs> They'd probably get like maybe like a a meddling prospect. Yeah. But I think for yeah. like a third or fourth round draft pick for him. Uh, I take. I would if I'm San Jose and somebody offers me a third for uh, like a forty something year old Joe Thornton. All in, baby. He's, 
all he's in. got uh timo keemanen uh written all over him um keemanen yeah. i say i, I switched yeah. that i think yeah. backwards. <laughs> uh he but yeah no got him written all over him he will be the guy He'll get dealt to hopefully a. I'd love to see Joe win a Stanley Cup. Tampa would be. Awesome. I'd love to see him win a Stanley Cup, man. Like, you know, he send, send him send him to Tampa, eat eat a ton of salary, and just be like, give us a second. We'll eat like fifty percent of his salary, and we'll take like some crappy contract. Give us a second, right? Like, yeah, it's like it'd be very funny to see him go back to Boston, but. Uh, <laughs> that that's another um, option too. Boston, Boston though has faltered a little bit lately. Yeah, they they are not as hot as they once were. Um. Oh well, prove me stupid. They're six one and three in their last ten. But man, I remember them losing a lot of overtime games. I mean, they're they have twelve overtime law lo- or eleven overtime losses. So I just remember a streak of nothing but OT losses. Right. Um. You got to wonder what that's going to be in the playoffs. Right. It's, uh, six of them were shootout. Uh, it's a scary, scary situation in Boston, uh, thinking of playoff hockey. Yeah, I'd move them to Washington, Boston, Tampa. But who else do they have? You're not moving Burns. You're not moving Carlson. No one wants a guy like Martin Jones. Marlowe, like, is it even worth moving them? No one's going to want them. Like, they've got nothing. They're in... They are in some like dangerous territory right now. San Jose, yeah, yeah, for like a, a painful rebuild. Yeah, they. Whereas like, I look at I look at a team like the Hawks, I look at a team like L.A. I don't think their rebuilds are going to be too tremendously long if they start doing them now. I think the Hawks kind of are doing a rebuild on the fly. That's going to work out pretty well. I think the Rangers did a real good job at it. I think they're going to be good in the next couple of years. I see a team like San Jose fall in like an Ottawa or Detroit. It's just painful. New Jersey, Buffalo, those teams that have just been bad for so long. That's San Jose's future. And a team in California won't last if it's not good. Yeah, giving $11 million to Eric Eric Carlson. He's got five goals, 29 assists, 34 points, and is a minus 12 this season. And I mean, you knew you knew when he went to San Jose and he wasn't putting up the right numbers, they were going to give him a stupid contract, and boy, did they not right. disappoint. Their top three, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, are all signed through at least the 2024-2025 season. Um, There's a lot of problems. And I mean, they're going to be so bad, man. The, you got Mark, Martin Jones. He's signed through the 2023-2024 season. Even a um, you got Evander Kane and Logan Couture signed through 2024-2025. Evander uh, Kane's interesting. He's been good. That's a piece they can move. Yeah, but um, the question is, who wants to take all those? Yeah, years? nobody does. He's if this is a contract year, they could get their first round draft pick back, but they don't have a first round this year, and they don't have. I a bet you. Round. I bet you some team will give them a first, but there it's going to be more than just like a first and a prospect for Kane. There's going to have to be like some moving pieces to get that deal done the way you want. I think there's going to be a lot of interest in Evander Kane. I just it's going to be a bigger deal than most would expect. Right. Yeah. The. Uh... Yeah, the Sharks made the playoffs a year. 
They traded for uh, Eric Carlson, and that's the reason why Ottawa receives the Sharks' 2020 first-round pick. Um, this is I, – I bet you they're super excited after what happened last year. They could have had a guy like Bowden Byram. I mean, they got a guy like Kachuk, but I'd almost rather have Byram. Yeah. I think Byram is a game-breaker. I think the Hawks dropped the ball on that one. Um. I think he's going to be good. I think that was a yeah, mistake. Yeah, he's a top pairing of him and Kale McCarr scares me. So disgusting. And then your second pair with Gerard and who gives a right, shit? Right. Yeah. It, it turns into the Hawks of like 2010. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. They're going to be good. They're going to be so it damn doesn't good. matter. It doesn't matter who you're the top in 2010. The pairings for the Hawks were. Their top three receiver, Keith and Campbell. And Jalmerson. Jalmerson was just coming into his own then. Um, Doesn't matter. He still was in your top four. Yeah. And then I, who was the fifth? Is, it was, oh, the, that year, the fifth, the fifth, five, six defenseman, I think it was Nick Boynton. And, and it, was, it was a between Jordan Hendry, Brent Sopel, and Nick Boynton. <laughs> and they rotated. Jordan Hendry. What a mess of a guy. Well, I'm sure he was a great guy, but what a mess of a hockey right. player. But yeah, getting oh, back man. to the standings a little bit here, like I with the way Nashville's <laughs> been playing this year, they've won two in a row. They just fired their coach. Um I still don't see him making I it. I, I they're huge they're gonna do something stupid. Cause they're win now mode I, and they're gonna do something stupid and they're gonna take on a contract they probably shouldn't take on. That's going to screw them up later. I, I mentioned Montreal a couple podcasts ago as the team to like victimize uh, because they're looking to make the playoffs. That's that's no that's off the table. They have shit the bed. Uh, Nashville, on the other hand, we know they make stupid trades. They gave us a first, a fourth, and a prospect for Hartman. Right. That's is that an option for a guy like Sod or Gustafson? Right. Yeah. The, uh, oh well, they're not going to take Gustafson, but like a Sod. But I mean, we've all heard the teams interested in Sod, and it's like Boston. Yeah, and, and, uh, there's some teams. They have four million dollars in deadline cap space, which is the amount of cap space they'd have at the deadline that they could add uh, through the yearly savings. They can add eight point eight million dollars in cap space at the deadline. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this year, like for instance, like a team like Colorado. The Colorado Avalanche can add thirty-one million dollars in deadline cap space. So, um, and you know they're gonna they're gonna be buyers, but they got to be real careful. We already talked about they've got yeah. a team. They've got an awesome team. Don't that, fuck it up. You know, don't fuck it up. Uh, you got you got three years with this team as is, yeah. as is. And who knows? That team could be more than three years. You have thirty-one million in cap, and you have three years of salary cap growth. And one of those years is with an expansion right. team. You do with the this this team could be together for a you decade. You add a team. You add guys that are, you know, maybe you trade a defenseman on your current roster for a guy who's equally as good, but his like do like a Stan Bowman trade, cost certainty, and do. And get where you know that that guy is going to be good for X amount of years and you can afford that. Whereas, like, you don't know, like, you're going to have to pay, you're not going to trade uh, Byron or Kale McCarr, but you're going to, ha- you don't know what I mean, Gerard's going to 
demand in a couple of years when his contract's up. So, you, you might- yeah, I mean, you could look at a guy like Saad with two years left on his deal right. or, you know, a, an expiring contract. You got a couple of years to play yeah. with where you could add, add some real talent. Um, you know, if they want to take a chance on a guy like Galchenyuk, yeah, he's being shopped right. around. I mean, I, I don't know who would at this point, but there's right. options. Uh, the Avs, the Avs are, I think, the scariest team in the NHL. I think, man, I wouldn't be shocked if they came out of the no. West. They're, they're incredible. Yeah. Um, and if they add, if them, they add another scoring threat, piece, another. If, yeah, if they got if they get three scoring lines, that's yeah. game over. I'm already impressed with their D, and their goaltending is already proven that you know with with above average D, you could get away with that average goaltender. Uh, I don't think Grubauer is as good as you know some proclaim right. him to be. But man, with the D they have, and I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Byram in the playoffs. I really right. wouldn't. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had a similar impact that McCarr right. had when he came in. Like an avalanche have gotten career years out of a couple out of a couple guys this year, but like, like, and it's because you know Jonas Donskoy, for instance, wasn't playing. He was a he wasn't playing top six minutes on San Jose. He was on, he was playing yeah. bottom six minutes, and well, Donskoy was a guy I wanted the right. Hawks to kind of go Dude, after. He's got fourteen I, goals already this year. Fourteen. You could see he's, you could see he was going to be a solid fifty point yeah. guy. You, you knew it, or at least forty five. But like on a, on a team like Colorado, goals. he's going to get twenty five goals this year. Yeah, which I don't think he would get. Like I want the Hawks score after him. He probably wouldn't get that on the Hawks. But man, he's playing on a stacked team, and you put him. Is he on the second line? Yeah, he plays on the second like, line with. Kind of, uh, uh, I want to say he plays with Kadri and. I want to say uh, JT Comfer or Alex Burakovsky. Who is on that third line? Who's I guess who's centering that third line? Like I, I mean, it's not that important, but you look at that. I mean, that's where they're going to want to add. They're going to want to get some solid two-way guys on that third line who could who could make it a real threat in the playoffs. Could play against the first line to open things up for McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen. What? Man, that's going to be a fun team to watch. And they got Dallas in the first round if it ends today. That'd, I think that'd be a fun. I think people sleep on Dallas. I think that'd be a fun series. Right, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, the... But man, St. Louis has Edmonton in the first yeah. round. That also has the potential for an upset. Um, I'm on dailyfaceoff.com right now, which compiles a wide up the Lions for teams. Um, and right now the Avalanche top six, Don scores out with an injury right now. Uh, yes. Yeah. So is uh, Colin Wilson. Um, but their top six as it stands right now is Landis Scott, McKinnon, Rantanen, line one. Line two is Andre Barakovsky, uh, Kadri, and uh, Nushishkin. Oh, God, I forgot. Uh-huh. He came in hot this year, and I thought his career was over. Who's that third it's line? Nieto, uh, Belmar, and yeah. Calvert. And then you're – Okay, four. That's, that's mediocre, you're, but Nieto – Yeah, solid. you add Wilson and Don Square back in the lineup, and these guys drop down. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Kamenev, Jost, and JT Comfer uh, is your fourth line. 
you probably and then your your offensive wow. your D pairings right now is Graves and your top D pairing is Graves and Makar. And then you got Gerard, Eric Johnson, and you got Ian Cole and uh Nikita Zadorov. That's where you shed some salaries with uh, Cole. Even though they don't need to shed salary, that's the piece you move. Get him out. You could throw really anyone in there. Hopefully Byram. If not, you've Timmins is probably a solid guy who could jump in there, young kid. Or you get someone at the trade deadline. Ian Cole's kind of washed Yeah, you up. add you add a couple of these guys. You add uh um Boy, this turned into gushing over Colorado. I mean, it's hard not to, man. It really is. It's a sexy roster. It's like, and none of these guys are going anywhere. And that's where... Here's what I'll bring up to, to, you know, level this out. They've only won three of their last 10 games. So... Drew, they're also a young team, though. You have to remind... Yeah, they're going to be good for forever. We we know they're gonna be real. Like their average age, looking at it right now, average age is twenty six point three. So, uh, and it's only gonna get younger to make room for guys like Byram and Timmins. The only guys they have to worry about re-signing this offseason is Andre Burakovsky, Matt Nieto, who can walk. um, uh, They got they got Yost, Nishutskin, and. Uh, Kamenev and they're gonna want to resign uh, Nachushkin. I think he's proven that he's yeah. Your defense is more important. You're you're more worried about Zadorov and Ryan Graves and those guys than you are about your offensive output. You can find guys that if they're gonna require more, who are gonna be willing to come play for the Colorado Avalanche. And this season, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a hot town. People are gonna want to play there. Um. I mean, this season, you look at the upcoming free agent pool and, um, you know, just guys that they can go get via uh, trade for one-year rentals because they can add $31 million um, in in cap space. But you can uh, – let me sort by points here for free agents right now and for next season – um, that is not what I want to do. Um, <laughs> I hate cat friendly. Pretty sure it's. A, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty dull free agent year, though. Um, <clears throat> um, it depends on Taylor Hall is the big one, obviously. Yeah, you know he's testing free agents. Yeah, Alex so. Petrangelo, who's up at the end of the year, he'll stay. He'll probably stay. He'll stay. Um. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov. Uh, oh, I I wanted the Hawks to get him and Panarin together, and then he went to Florida, and he's just been a consistent 30-goal scorer. Yeah, he's, you know, one of those things where um, you would probably – Jesus, I can't – cat-friendly. I think mean, he might be the guy to kind of keep an eye on. Obviously, Taylor Hall, Leonard – uh, you know, th- those are, I, those are the ones everyone's going to keep an eye on, but dad is going to be that sneaky, good signing. He's gonna, he's a good player. Uh, as long as they, you know, he's 30 already. You might, you might want to kind of sign him three, four years, but, uh, you know, I think, I think we've run real right. long actually. Yeah. There's the, just going off of it. 
Uh, Tyler Ennis would be a guy you can add. Um, Wayne Simmons would be a guy that the Avalanche could probably add to the third line. That wouldn't be a terrible add. Um, no. And then um, just this Patrick Marlowe. Hell, uh, there's a lot of guys. No, I, th- I think he's done. I think he's done. I like Wayne Simmons in Colorado. I think that's a, a good pick. And he's only them. a one-year contract, so it doesn't matter. He's up at the end of the year. Yeah. So these are, yeah, you sound these are just all guys that are on one-year contracts right now. That I think the Avalanche would be um, smart in in maybe adding at the deadline here um, to kind of fill out, add some secondary scoring, because that's the only thing that worries me about the Avalanche is that once I get in the playoffs, it becomes way easier to shut down that top line of – uh, especially on home ice of that line. So um, so we'll see how it goes. But we have run way long. We're at an hour and 18 minutes right now. <laughs> hey, it could be a two-parter. Who yeah, knows? Right? Yeah, we didn't really even talk a lot about the Hawks. We'll do that next week. Um, yeah, this was more of kind of a going over, getting back into the swing of things, talking about our picks for halfway mark of the year, and then gushing about the Colorado Avalanche because, man, you know, people people are going to sleep on them this year, but you won't be sleeping no, too long. Not at that, all. That team's yep. good. So let's wrap it up here. Um, it was a pleasure to, to, to yeah, podcast for you podcast. all. <laughs> but um, it's uh, we'll be back. I some life news here. I just started a new job, which is why we are kind of a little bit on hiatus um, for the past. Along with the holidays, holidays. start a new new gig, working at the Drake Hotel, humble brag. Um, but the just it's it's it was tough getting having time to to sit down. You didn't know yeah. your schedule. Just no. Yet. So now that things are becoming more clear there, um, it's uh, it's looking it's looking like we can return to our weekly uh, Wednesdays, Wednesdays for the most so. part. Wednesdays, if you're working, we'll we'll jump in there, uh, you know, day early, day yeah. late, whatever you whenever, maybe a weekend, uh, but it'll be once a week again. So, thank you all for listening, and um, thank you for listening to the GM Hockey Podcast for Andy Mysek. I'm Tony Gelski. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again next week.